In the beginning, there was no sound, only the void. And God said, let there be sound. Mr. Watson, come here, I want to see you. And the voice of man rang out, and voiceover was born. And God said, it is good. Talking voiceovers with Rick Sellers and Wes McCraw. The big podcast where we talk all things voiceover. And now, Rick Sellers and Wes McCraw. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Talkin' Voiceovers. And today on the show, we're extremely honored to have Mr. Bob Bergen. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bob Bergen. Three-time Emmy nominee. Bob's voiced thousands of television commercials. He's provided his voice for video games, TV promos, animated series and features. Bob has voiced Luke Skywalker for 20 years for LucasArts. And this year, 2020, marks Bob's 30th year providing the voice of Looney Tunes' Porky Pig. And now, Mr. Bob Bergen. Bob, welcome to the show. What's going on, guys? Well, we're here for you. You're the man. Awesome. Yeah. Very good. You are a three-time Emmy nominee. You mm-hmm. voice thousands of commercials. Uh, you provided your voice for video games, TV promos, animated series, and features. Uh, and you got to voice Luke Skywalker for 20 years for LucasArts. That is amazing. Very cool. And uh, amongst other companies, but yeah, yeah, it's been fun. That is really cool. Can you give us a little Luke? Yeah, people ask me that all the time. I will tell you. <laughs> Luke, Luke, so so I, I, I will share with you that when, I get my, when my agent called me to audition for that, I turned it down. Because I said to my agent, I said, I don't do Mark Hamill. Nobody, yeah. nobody's, Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker. And my agent turned down the audition and she got a call back from the producer and the producer was like, no, we, we, we hear something in his, in his voice, in his demos, we'd like to have him come in. And the first thing I had my agent do was to call Mark Hamill's agent to make sure that, the, that he was cool with this because I'm, I will not step on another actor's uh, gotcha. turn. And he was not interested in doing it at the time. So I walked into the audition it was at a place called, uh, 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 stu- it's called Studiopolis now, it's called Screen Music back then. And I said to the producer, I don't do Mark Hamill. And he said, don't do Mark Hamill, do Luke Skywalker. I went, oh, okay. And I said, guys, I need some help here. I mean, give me, give me some, 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 some guidance. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I've, I've seen the Star Wars movies. I'm not a diehard fan. Mm-hmm. So he was educating me on pre-Jedi and post-Jedi Luke. <laughs> okay. So, so pre-Jedi Luke is, really much kind of like my own voice but he's a little he's kind of whiny you know he's just he's, and then all of a sudden you know he's got, he goes to this planet and there's mucky yoda and he lifts a a, 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 a a spaceship out of the muck and he gets a little bit more centered look the force is with you so that's the that's the difference in as the character evolved but honest to god that's that's it I, 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 as far as I'm concerned, Mark Hamill, bless you, my child, you are the one and only, and the force is with you. I just borrow it every once in a while. Awesome. Do you find that you have to do that often with when you're coming up on a new voice? Do you have to find that thing that puts the light bulb on that says, okay, that's what I got to latch on to? And that's- sure, that's the that's the creative process. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, if it, I'd say 99% of what I do is brand new, is creating new characters for new new uh, content. So, you know, you look at the script, you look at the picture, you look at the dialogue. 
And you, you, this is acting 101. You know, you, you make those choices. Who am I talking to? What's our relationship? Where mm-hmm. are we? Backstory. Sure. Um, and, you know, all of that stuff that you do for uh, theater or for film and TV, you do for voiceover. Very cool. This is just my, for my own knowledge. You said that you're not a huge Star Wars fan. Does that mean you're a huge Star Trek fan? Are you more of a Trek I, guy? I, you know, there's two camps. There's always like two camps. Yeah, I, I, I will be really, really honest that I do enjoy um, Star Trek a lot more. There you go. Than, all right. Uh, but I, but you know what? I've not seen Picard yet because I don't have CBS All Access. It's great. But I'm a member. I'm a member of the Television Academy, and I'm sure they're going to send us a link mm-hmm. for any consideration. See, I'm wearing an Emmy shirt today. Nice. And um, <laughs> and that's when I'm going to watch it because I'm a I'm a cheap bastard and I didn't want to pay for it. It's pretty well done. It it really is. I heard we're huge tra- Trek fans. You know, we're geeked out about Trek from years from oh, the original, yeah. from the original yeah. series, and it's it does. It pays a nice homage to the original series and, of course, Next Generation mm-hmm. and the whole thing. So, Cool. I'm looking forward to it. You'll dig it. Well, Bob, I got to ask you about Porky Pig because you okay. are the man. Um, you learned to do Porky by listening to old-time radio programs with Mel doing his sad sack character. Pretty much, which is, yeah. Yeah, which is Porky Pig. Kind of, I think Porky's electronically sped up a little tiny bit. Most of Mel's voices were sped up electronically, with the exception yeah. of like Yosemite Sam and Foghorn Leghorn and Sylvester, the heavier voices. Daffy and Tweety? Uh, Daffy sped up, his Tweety was sped up, his Speedy Gonzalez, his Sylvester Jr., and even Bugs towards the end, I think, was a little bit fussed because he'd gotten older. Um, but uh, yeah, I, um, I, for some reason, I could tell the voices were sped up when I was a kid. Yeah. And I came across some old radio uh, clips of him doing Sad Sack, which was real time. And that's where I really uh, kind of honed the, the 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 stutter. And I don't sound a thing like Mel Blanc. None of us do. I mean, the man's a genius. And, and, and I don't think anybody doing these voices today come close. I certainly don't. You're too humble. Your porky's excellent. Well, I appreciate that, but but the bottom line is, you know, he he was he was the he was the man. So, um, you know, I try to keep the integrity of the character, but I don't even think about trying to do him because I can't. But my voice is much higher than his. You know, he had a much deeper natural voice, and he smoked. And back then, they used to record on RCA ribbon microphones. If you put that all together, what we do today will not sound the same. So. My Porky, it depends on the producer. Sometimes they speed me up, sometimes they don't. I prefer them not to. Because my Porky is a little bit more. It's not as it's not as it's more tenor. Beautiful. That's awesome. Can, now, I know you've taught other folks how to do Porky. Can you teach Wes and I how to do Porky? Yeah, it's the same formula for every word. I did this in a, in a documentary called I Know That Voice. Oh, yeah. Uh, beautiful. Yeah. Um, so say the word ball. Ball. Um, Okay, so for every word, it's the same formula. It's four stutters and then the word. So count this out with your hand as I do this. Ready? S- say eh. Eh. Ebba. 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 Ebba be. Ebba be. Ebba be eh. Ebba be eh. Ebba be eh. That sucks. We'll do it again. I'll do it first. Ebba be eh. Ebba be eh. Ebba be eh. Ball. Ball. <laughs> Good. Now, now put in the voice. Wrinkle your nose so it's a little nasal. No, no, don't, 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 don't jump ahead. I haven't gone there yet. <laughs> Sorry, you're the master. He doesn't follow the rules. I can't follow. So, so wrinkle the nose and now do it again. There you go. Want to try it, Wes? <laughs> no, I suck. I'm a knob turning guy. Right. I turn knobs to record you guys. 
So Rick, on the third sound, push it a little bit more. No, no, no. There's only one. Only say ball at the end. Okay. Ball. I'm getting there. Dog. Dog. No. Dog. Okay. Uh, in the, in microphone. In the, in my, a microphone. I'm still not still not at your level. Well, it takes practice. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to practice a great deal to be at your level, my friend. Don't practice too much. Please. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. And now you've got 200 new Looney Tunes episodes uh, shorts that are going to be airing, and where or streaming. Where can folks find those at? Uh, I believe it is May 27th on HBO Max. Ah, awesome. I cannot wait. I will binge watch them. I'm a huge fan of Looney Tunes. And I got to tell you, the animation looks spectacular. It It's very similar to about 1955 animation back in the day. No, so. it's, no it's about it's similar to about 1945. Oh, even better. So they're, okay. they're going back to the days of Bob Clampett um, right. and, 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 and Tex Avery. They're going back to the original feel of these classic characters. Well, what I, but what's interesting about these shorts is they've got different directors each putting their own thumbprint on it. So they're a little bit different. Each short is just a little bit different. Just like when we were kids and we would watch the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show. Yeah. And, you know, the first short was by Chuck Jones and the second short was by Frizz Freeling and the third short was by Bob Clampett. This is going to have that same variety in, in feel and style. But I've seen about maybe 10 of them and it's the closest thing I've ever done in 30 years that feels like classic Looney Tunes. Yeah, I love the animation style, so they're really doing something great here. Yeah. I, I, I hope it's super successful, and I wish you all the luck in the world. Thank you. Um, and you've done other Looney Tunes characters as well. You've done Speedy Gonzalez, Tweety Bird, and Marvin the Martian as well. Indeed, yeah, and Sylvester Jr. Oh, that's a cool one. Wow. He doesn't, he doesn't come up that often, but he's one of my favorite uh, characters. You know, he's the little shy uh uh he's just completely uh, embarrassed by his father who's he thinks of a kangaroo is a giant mouse and his father can't <laughs> yeah, catch him yeah. puts, puts yeah. the bag puts the bag over his head and he goes oh father i'm so ashamed yeah. <laughs> my own father can't even catch a giant mouse i always love that one beautiful and uh in in terms of the tone of the new looney Tunes stuff how similar is it to the old stuff is it pretty close yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm reading the scripts. I'm looking at the storyboards. The storyboards look like classic Looney Tunes. Animation had become a very script-driven uh, medium where we were reading from scripts. In the old days, they would work from storyboards. Um, they were gag-driven. This entire series of shorts is completely gag-driven. So at, we, we have the, the, the script in front of us, but we also have a monitor where we're looking at the storyboards as we record the voices. This is how Chuck Jones and Frizz Freeling would direct Mel Blanc with a giant pointer stick and the storyboards around the sound station when he would point to the various scenes. And that's that's how uh, they were recorded back then. That's how we're recording them today. Very cool. You mentioned uh, Mel Blanc. That brings me to my next question. Uh, I went on your website. I've listened to the re uh, your recording of a very ballsy 14-year-old kid uh, finding Mel Blanc's home number. You mean the stalker? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. that's what they call him now. Yeah. Back then, you were yeah. just ballsy. Uh, that's really cool. I mean, to even you know be resourceful enough to get the number and get a hold of him and for him to talk to you. Tell us a little bit about that whole exchange, and uh, I'm just curious how that, that came about. And 
Yeah, I mean, I just I, I, we had just moved to L.A. from Cincinnati, and not for me to get this job. My dad took a job in L.A., and I just thought, well, yeah, I've seen I've seen Mel Blanc on some talk shows. He's looking kind of old, and I just thought maybe <laughs> nobody's offered him a chance to retire. And right, I, I could do it. I could do the stutter. So I, I looked in the phone book, and I could not find his number. And my dad tried to explain to me that you know L.A. is a little bit different than Cincinnati. There's you know, there's one phone book and everybody's in it in Cincinnati. Well, in L.A., there's a different phone book around every street corner. So my dad traveled around the city from like Pasadena to Malibu. And he just brought me a, 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 a stack of white page phone books. And my parents were out one day and I was in I was in their bedroom with, a, with this giant, like four foot high stack of phone books. And I called every M or Mel blank in the books. And in the kitchen, I had a little portable tape recorder and I would take the phone off. The, the receipt uh, off the hook and I would push record run in my parents room call the first number wrong number run back in the kitchen turn off the tape recorder wow. pick up the phone <laughs> turn on the tape recorder pick up the phone and I kept doing that back and forth all day long and I couldn't find him and that, and I got to the last phone book and I thought well maybe it's under his wife's name which was Estelle and mm-hmm. I, I found an e-blank in the Pacific Palisades phone book and that was his number and I got him on the phone and he said how did you get my number and I told him how Agent, when you started out, 
During the course of the conversation, he mentioned the name of the studio he was working at that week. He didn't say the day or the time, but he mentioned the name. So um, I called the studio when I finished my conversation with him, and I, I, I pretended to be his assistant. And I said, hi, I'm Mel Blanc's assistant. I'm calling to confirm his appointment for, and I just pulled this out of my ass, Thursday at 9. And, and the, the receptionist says, well, no, we have him on the books for Wednesday at 11. I went, oh, Gosh, you know what? I'm wow. looking at the wrong date in the Man. calendar. You're right. Thank you. <laughs> so I said to my mom, look, I'm skipping school Wednesday. We're going to go watch Mel Blanc record. And she said, cool. So we got to the studio and I said to the receptionist, hi, we're, 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 we're good friends of Mel Blanc. And he said, we can come by and watch. And the receptionist says, oh, yeah, he's in that booth over there. And I walked into his booth and I said to his producer, hi, we're really good friends with the receptionist. And she said we could watch. And the producer <laughs> said, sure, have a seat. And I got to watch more. Unbelievable, man! That is so resourceful. I can't believe that you are one. <laughs> you are one ballsy little kid. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, but you know what? I didn't think it was ballsy. I just thought, hey, you know, if if you want to do something, if, if you want to be a brain surgeon, call UCLA Medical and talk to a brain surgeon and say, how do I do this? So, I I called the guy doing it. Yeah, you're probably too young to be afraid about it too. Too young to know that it's you know how, how risky it is. I mean, speaking of being young, I mean, how young? 14 is young, but how young were you when you realized you wanted to do the voiceover thing and that, that was going to be your- Well, I knew I wanted to be Porky Pig when I was five. Wow. Okay. Holy cow. Yeah, I didn't know that there was an industry called voiceover. I didn't even know voiceover was acting. I just knew I wanted to be Porky Pig. And, sure. and so when we moved to L.A., um, after I talked to Mel Blank. Um, I called uh, Hanna-Barbera and they referred me to a guy named Dawes Butler. And Dawes Butler was most of the voices Mel Blanc wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I started studying voiceover. But I studied with every voiceover coach Los Angeles had to offer. There weren't many back then. But I spent four years in voiceover classes, three years in improv, two years at an acting conservatory. I didn't know what this was. I just knew I wanted to do this one thing and I didn't realize, Oh my God, I've got to do commercials as well. I've got to do, you know, as I've got to be, uh, uh, as diverse in, in, in voiceover as possible. And I got to be a good actor. And I was a terrible actor. And I was a horrible actor. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> and you got to train with Dawes Butler. I did for off and on for about 10 years. And the only reason I stopped taking Dawes's uh, workshop was because when I started teaching, the, cl- the school that wanted to hire me to teach was on the same night as his class. And I said to Dawes, what do I do? And Dawes was the sweetest man in the world. He's like three foot one and just, just very, very, um, uh, just adorable. You can put him in your pocket. And I said, what, what happens? What, what do I do? And he goes, oh, if you hate teaching or you suck at it, come on back. And I went, okay. And I never <laughs> came back because I enjoy teaching. That's awesome. Wow. Well, he's one of my old-time VO heroes. I, I love yeah. uh, Dawes Butler, uh, Don Messick. Uh, you know, all the old-school guys from the 60s are just brilliant. And yeah. It's great that you're kind of continuing that legacy. So, very cool. Um, for young people today that are that might be listening who want to become a cartoon voice actor, what, what advice would you have for them? Well, the first thing is... The, the, uh, uh, embrace that word actor. Um, you know, L- cartoons are recorded in Los Angeles. This is just the hub of where this is done. Um, so if you really want to do this, you got to get to LA. You got to train in Los Angeles because you could tr- take voiceover classes anywhere, but they're not going to know. So here, so I'll, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go 
about this another way. So all of us do commercial voiceover, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, myself as well. When you do a commercial uh, demo, you're not going to do commercials that reflect uh, the styles of the 70s or the 80s or the 90s. You do a, a, If you make your demo today, it reflects broadcasting today. The problem with 99% of the animation demos that get rejected daily by agents is it's somebody showing off, I can do a billion different voices. That's a dime a dozen. If you go to the websites of the top talent agents uh, for voiceover, Atlas Talent, CESD, SBB, DPN, William Morris, AVO, listen to those demos. That's what they don't need. If they're already representing people that can do those voices, don't regurgitate the same voices on your demo. Also, where do you fit in to Cartoon Network between 12 p.m. and 3 p.m. versus Disney XD between 12 p.m. and 3 p.m. versus PBS Kids uh, 6 a.m. to 9 versus Nick Jr. 6 a.m. to 9 versus FX Primetime versus Fox Primetime versus Amazon Hulu streaming. Most actors doing their, their character demos, especially if they don't live in the market where it's done, don't even think I got to make my demo and my characters relevant to the programming content today. They just say, I do great voices. Well, so does everybody else. So it's it's not just how talented and versatile I am. It's how do I fit into the business landscape or the content landscape? So my advice is if animation is something you want to do, first of all, you don't have to move to LA right away. There are acting improv classes everywhere. There are voiceover classes everywhere. So become a great actor. Move to Los Angeles, continue studying acting, continue studying improv, and study voiceover where the the work is here. You'll have a better chance of breaking in. Very good. That's great advice. Great advice. Bob, you've done so much, it's impossible to mine all the gold that is you. Are you working on anything currently that you want to promote or talk about? Uh, Looney Tunes cartoons is the only thing right now I'm I'm thinking. Because everything has an NDA. I've got about... I've got about three or four features I'm working on right now. Um, I've got a half a dozen series. I can't talk about any of them. <laughs> um, I've got some games coming up that I know I'm doing that I can't talk about. Yeah, that's the thing about, you know, and you record I one know. to five years before the cartoons come out. So uh, for the longest time, I wasn't able to talk about Looney Tunes cartoons when I was doing it because we just didn't want to talk about it and, and just, you know, uh, let the cat out of the bag or the pig out of the bag. So, right. um, so yeah, you, you know. had to be busting to tell the world about the new Looney Tunes stuff. Cause that's, yeah, that's yeah, a great, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, from, from my very first recording session, um, I was just, uh, we did a short called, let me see if I can pick this up. We did a short called curse of the monkey bird. This is, this is the, from, uh, when it was up for Oscar consideration. Awesome. Uh, so it didn't get a nomination, but it was so good. It was the first one we did. And I was like, I want to tell the world about this. I couldn't even, I didn't even really tell my agent about it because I just wanted to honor that NDA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. you're a wise man. Many people have made the mistake of, of spilling the beans and then getting in trouble. So you did good. Well, I'm glad you yeah. brought that up because people are committing career suicide on social media every day by bragging about their career. Even something as subtle as, uh, think good thoughts for me. I can't talk about this. Signed a huge NDA. We'll be able to, that's going to get back to somebody on the, on the, on the, on the set or on the show. And people have no idea that it's destroying careers. Just that's their ego. Yeah. That's their ego bragging. That's not promoting. And they just have no idea why they're not being hired or, or, or even when they're not being hired. And it's because they're talking too much 
on yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point, too. You don't want to cost yourself a gig by just not keeping your yapper shut. You know, you're, you're fortunate to be there. Well, there's a difference between bragging and promoting. A brag will get you a pat on the back. Promoting can get you another job. <laughs> sure. Well, that, that is sense. sound advice. Um, Bob, also, I know you're an advocate for union actors, and I'm a, I'm a union actor as well. So I wanted to thank you for all the hard work that you do for everybody, all of us that are in the union. You're really a, an amazing guy. So I thank appreciate you so much. that. It's hard because voiceover is about 50 to 80% non-union these days. and It really uh, is. Well, the only genre that isn't is animation. And that's because of celebrities. You know, they use celebrities, whether it's TV or features. And for all intents and purposes, it's a scale business. So if you can get a celebrity for scale, uh, you're going to get them. So God bless them. They're keeping this union. Very good. Um, is there anything on social media you want to promote? Do you have a website? Anything like that? Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, people can follow me on Instagram, bergen.bob. Uh, Twitter is at Bob Bergen. I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm easy to find. You know, just, yeah, you, you can find me. Awesome. Well, that's good to hear. All right, Bob. Well, uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're a busy dude. It's Saturday. You probably have better things to do than talk to us. So we're going to let you go. Before you uh, before you blast off, could you give us a close as Mr. Porky Pig? Are you ready? Thanks for listening to the talking voiceovers with our special guest, Bob Bergen. That's all, folks. Beautiful. Awesome. You are awesome. That's great. Bob, thank you again so much. Thanks, guys. It was fun. All right. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Best of luck to you. Stay well. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. How great was Bob? Man, what a nice guy. Gracious with his time. A lot of great stories and uh, very driven, even as a young man. That guy is the real deal. Yeah. yeah he's. Uh, I think I'm sure, in fact, that he's the only three-time Emmy nominee I've ever met. Absolutely. You and me both. I'm Samantha Fagan, and you're listening to Talkin' VoiceOvers. Before you book your next voiceover demo, check out primodemos.com. You'll hear the difference. Talkin' VoiceOvers is available at Apple Podcasts, Google, Podcast One, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hit like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Be with us next time on the pod for episode number two of season two, when we talk with animation legend Katie Lee. Thanks for listening to Talkin' Voiceovers with Rick Sellers and Wes McCraw. Find us on Facebook or on the web at primodemos.com. Primodemos.